0: Hello fellow travelers, this is David Woods, your host and trusted guide. Welcome to our little fellowship as we gather to discuss the Christian life in a post-Christian world. We are broadcasting from Babylon with love. Well, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's been a while, Laura, it's been a while since people have heard that accordion music. It's been a minute. <laughs> it's been a minute and a half. Um, me, uh, mea culpa, Maya culpa. I don't even know my Latin. Bellum's going to be on my case. Mea maxima culpa? Maximum culpa? Sure. Uh, shouldn't we know? My friends, uh, thank you. Uh, for, thank you for not unsubscribing uh, in the last month or so. Maybe two, month, two months. Um, we are back. We are back just in time. To say goodbye, we are back to finally officially uh, close out season three of the podcast. I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, of course, Miss Laura Hashimov. Greetings! Welcome back.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: What have you been doing? Why? Why why was I should have carried on without you? Twenty eighth. The last time we actually followed through.
1: I think it would have been good if I just kept recording and you weren't there and I just never mentioned it.
0: That would be awesome (laughs) to be like, oh, wow, he's finally listening. Um, I will say, though, our last uh, pod uh, got got a handful of my people talking, and Mm. that was a cool conversation um, about all the consumer things. And, uh, and then, of course, then I'm watching the news and it's like, inflation, it's the end of the world. Yeah, and I'm like, hmm, maybe the bust is a little sooner than the boom. Um, but it is interesting, kind of both running together, uh, thinking about that last uh, time we talked. But I'm going to leave the past in the past. Okay, The present is what I'm interested in. Um, now, you and I in our present are basically wrapped up, wrapping up the school year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we live in a different world, a world in which most other people, unless they have children, are not living anymore. Um, and so even though for us, we're like closing out a season and we're heading into summer, I know that's not everybody's vibe. Um, and yet you and I kind of want to be able to talk about some of the summer things we're going to be up to some of the reading things we hope to do, but we don't want to sound like horrible people talking about a schedule and a life that others don't have. (laughs)
1: On Tuesday mornings, I'll be
0: (laughs) (laughs) at the cafe (laughs) with my, with my books and coffee. Um, but that, that's where we're going to end today. Okay, Okay. I want to just do a little catch up on where we're at maybe a little bit of where we're at um, in our own little lives uh, to this point Uh, maybe some of of the plans you do have or the things that have been kind of in your mind or kicking around the last couple months since last we spoke officially even though you and I of course chat almost every day Um, I will say this as far as the podcast goes um, we have big dreams they don't usually come about um, but we we are committed to the podcast, and the podcast was always conceived of as sort of a, almost like a ministry outreach of our little church, and and then it became this thing with with my friends and with with my coworkers, and it and so it kind of it kind of took different shapes uh, over the over the last few years. Um, but what's lovely about the podcast, and I hope um, I hope people are are okay with this about the podcast, is it's. We want to do it, and we do it um, as well as we can, and we and we do it. But it isn't the only thing we do, and so my hope is that people aren't totally uh, frustrated um, with the fact that we suddenly (laughs) disappeared even though I know that was not awesome Um, we also have lives and we are people who have lots of commitments and lots of things and I want to be able to do both even though we can't um, always prioritize maybe uh, recording for the podcast Um, so my hope is that we got we got a handful of folks out there who have who have uh, some grace for us having lives um, having children uh, in my case Uh, That you know what, when it got to April and uh, being a pastor and uh, we started to shift into this house church season for, for my people and it became like, I need to be a little more present, a little more home. Mm -hmm. I need to just kind of have my priorities in a way that I, I I can answer to God for. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I don't know. It was weird. Normally I'm not the kind of person just be like, you know what, whatever. Um, But it was one of those things where I was like, I just have, I have, priorities I have things and commitments to my people and I want a, a life that's sustainable and then I want to be able to enjoy the podcast when, when we can and so right. so that's kind of where where I just sort of stopped um, even though I, I should have given some notice or could have done better with a lot of things it was like really good full life things were happening and my kids and my wife um, are the most important thing um, outside of my relationship with the Lord uh, and so it kind of felt like that's fine. Uh, yeah. You know, this isn't our job. This is just something we get to yeah, do. Yeah, it's a
1: hobby. Yeah. And a hobby that you do surprisingly well, all things considered. For the number of episodes you release <laughs> every year, it still is impressive.
0: Well, we had this idea, like we could pull off a, like a school year. You mm-hmm. know? Like not a year, but a school year. Right. And record a bunch in the summer. And we usually do. Um, but it, inevitably, I think what happened with us was it was like winter comes around. And if we're not recording over the winter break and yeah. we're not going to have enough uh, to sort of make it to the end of the school year. And winter break came and a lot of things were going on. And it was mm-hmm. like, it's Christmas, man. Like, there's just a lot of really good, important things and just didn't happen. Um, so my hope is people are okay with that. I know I listen to a handful of podcasts that will suddenly appear and will go away for a season and suddenly come back. And I don't know. I think that's kind of the the, the, the joy of a podcast is it? It's this informal thing that people are just kind of doing because they're interested in yeah. certain certain topics and things, but that's my long-winded apology for having lives that are full and and yet still being committed to to meaningful conversations that I know have been a blessing to to the handful of people that are that are tuned in and I really appreciate those people and and we're committed to the cause. Um, just as a sort of little update on things, um, would you say, Laura? Would you say? that you could see, I mean, season four, you see this is like, we could, we could do this. Like, this isn't, this isn't beyond, we're not too oh, yeah. busy to pull this off.
1: No, I think, I think it's like most things. You can sort of get better clarity about what it is and what you want to say and what you want to do with more time. So I yeah. would definitely, um, and I think, I don't know, in, in that you have made it a low stress situation, it becomes fun. And it's sort of like conversations we're having anyway, can become this conversations that other people get to lean into. So yeah, no, I'm I'm excited for it. I think it'll be good. I think it will be um, it's always they always say that the best way to learn something is to teach it and sort of preparing for a podcast is a great way to learn something too. Yeah. And remind yourself of things that we know, like truths you already know or or things you've have to reaffirm when you have to share it with another person. So I think I think it's great for that. And I, I look forward to What's next? Things are in the works. Schemes. Schemes are already being built.
0: Always scheming. I got like a page of notes in front of me for next season. Like always scheming. One of the cool things, though, is, you know, like as you grow, as you grow in the Lord, as you grow in life, like I think one of the things we've talked about and we're learning to do better is you, you do less. Right. And you do it better. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're deliberately trying to kind of step out of the the rush um we talked about that in a lot of different moments in our conversations but like stepping out and stepping back and saying like what do I care about and Mm -hmm. like who do I care about and what do I not need to be um spending Mm -hmm. and investing my time in and what do I definitely need to be
1: yeah and And, what do I need to say and what do I not need to say and uh, yeah yeah
0: so like I'm coming to the end of uh of uh 20 years of of weekly teaching uh, as far as the church goes and uh, teaching the bible Uh, the thursday night bible study i've done for more or less 20 years almost unbroken and that ends um this next week yeah um and i'm genuinely exciting i was uh excited excited i'm talking to (laughs) well that's up to other people um but i was talking to hayden about it i was like you know and he said, it, he said it so well as he do, as he always does. He said, you know, ministries have have life cycles. Ministries have have times in which they mm-hmm, are mm-hmm. there and present. Um, you know, the church never ends. The church never dies. The church never stops. The church, but ministries have seasons, have cycles, have have, have life terms and things like that. And and I, it's like, man, I just resonated so strongly with that. I feel like the Lord called this to be the end of this season of a ministry. If only to be more committed to what our our house church is looking like and things Mm -hmm. like this. But one of the great things, especially ending the school year uh, as a teacher, um, and then and then taking an official break uh, from the podcasting, um, is I'm like excited about like not being heard and like being quiet and just like shutting up finally. Yeah. Um, Because I I I just talk too much. You can't you can't like think if you're always. Right, <laughs> right. Like, like, I know what you mean. Good conversations can help you think better, but if it's always just noise, you know, if you're just always going all the time, you mm-hmm. just you can't even track with where you've been. And I just feel like this glorious moment where the Lord's calling me to. And I've I've talked to you a little bit about this, but take stock, right, of twenty years of ministry. Take stock of where I'm at in life, uh, husband, father, etc. Um, have a season, hopefully this summer, of just being quiet, not being public or published or, or whatever, uh, not being needed in those ways, not that I ever really was. But, you know, you get to convincing yourself that if you stop, people are going to be disappointed or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm just like, I'm excited about just sort of being quiet for a while and just having my time with the Lord be between the Lord and I and not like for something else. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah,
1: To sit, sit in his word without the purpose of having to teach somebody else.
0: Yeah, because it always comes out, and it doesn't mean it's bad, but it, it can feel like, oh man, my quiet time just turned into that illustration in that sermon, or mm-hmm. you know, this fed into this, or fed into this. And it's nice to just not even be allowed that, I think, yeah. in some ways, to just say, this is just going to be a time... Um, with the Lord, a time of reflection, and I don't know, like I mean, this is a little TMI, but uh, I'm turning forty in August. Ooh. Yeah, that's right. And uh, it's like I don't know if it's a Moses moment. I don't know what moment that is. I was thinking like Moses, he like kills a guy and like escapes to Midian at forty. So I hope it's not that kind of moment. But no, no, no. But no, you know what I mean like it's like this, like you got to take stock, right? Or else you do, you you, you become a cliche. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Lord has shown me things. He's taught me things. And I'm like pretty aware of them, but I'm not fully aware of them because I haven't been able to be quiet enough, long enough to like actually reflect on the things he's shown me.
1: So what does that look like? You are you are uh, a man with three children. Mm -hmm. Um, So what is and obviously this is the idealistic, hopeful sense. But what do you think that looks like practically to pause in this season? Because you won't be pausing. I know your boy is still going to get up at 4 a.m. So
0: Oh, amen. Little <laughs> Haddon will definitely rise early with me. Yeah, no, it's true. Honestly, it is, it's like outside of the home, right? It's like I won't be teaching. I won't mm. be preaching. I won't be up in front of people. Um, I won't be having to upload or, or manage or find the right image for a podcast episode, mm-hmm. right? It'll genuinely be a time in which um, there is nowhere to put these things except... Hold them with the Lord. And and I just feel like he's pretty deliberately. I mean not to get, you know, hyper biblical about it, but like, you know, the people of God are supposed to mark time with the Lord. They're supposed to mark the things yes. he did in yeah. their lives. They're supposed to pile up stones in the riverbed of the Jordan. They're supposed to and they're supposed to do that for their own sake. They're supposed to remember things. And I feel like I've had this really full life the last twenty years, not just of ministry, but just of life. And yet so much of what you and I have been like talking about over the last few seasons even is like, we don't get to like stop or, or, mm-hmm. or think about it or enjoy it. It's just like more now, better improve by whatever it is. And I just feel like, man, just biblically in my walk with the Lord, like he wants me to learn to remember. Um, Lewis has this incredible line in out of the silent planet in which they talk about the memory of a thing being the life of the thing like they talk about how the memory of the thing is the event still it's not a separate thing from an event but the way they think of memory on on the planet that he goes to in that in that first book of the space trilogy um the the creatures he's talking to have a view of memory that is just it's it's just struck me as like wonderfully true where there's like the memory of the thing is the continuation of the event. Like mm. that, that's like what the scripture is saying. It's like, tell your children what this is because the Lord's still alive mm-hmm. and he's still mm-hmm. the same God and they can hear that. And not just be like, what a cool thing he did once upon a time in your life. Oh, parent of mine. It's like, no, that's our God today. That's mm-hmm. our God. The memory of that thing it, it, it is the thing itself being sort of uh you know having a, an outsized role or the appropriate role in actually forming someone's consciousness and who they are in in the present for this is what paul says about baptism right in romans right. 6 remember your baptism that's who you are doesn't matter how many years ago that's who you are you have to remember who you are to continue to be that person mm-hmm. and i feel like there's a, a moment here and again it's not going to be quiet in the way maybe some people actually think of quiet. <laughs> My life is not quiet with, with kids and, and responsibilities, but but it is a it is a different thing for me to not have to uh, be public or to hmm, make yeah. something official right? mm-hmm. or to write something nice or right. not to be packaging it or, um, yeah, it's, it's private. There's like an inner life that you need to have with the Lord hmm. and it can be hard when you're teaching or preaching yeah or, you know whatever it is
1: yeah well I, I'm excited for you I think it's gonna be a great summer and uh, I know for me summer is always a season where I feel like that that internal well gets filled up again um, whether it's through the social things or the reading or the studying or the exercising mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, What is that? It doesn't happen during the school year very often, but then in the summer, you get moving again. So all those things sort of fill the well. Um, But then I want to, I'm curious, maybe when we come back in the fall, we can talk about how to try to continue some of those things throughout the year because um, I know I don't want to be the sort of person who's always sort of all in or all out, or maybe that's the wrong term for it. Um, But I would like to have a bit more consistency, I think, being a teacher and, uh, the academic year schedule is awesome. I would recommend it to everybody. (laughs) Um, but I do wonder how do we keep from like, is it, it's either pedal to the metal or, um, way off and we're just cruising. Yeah. And so I, how do I find a balance there of, of creating some of that summer joy or summer energy or something in, in throughout the year? Because, uh, Well, I do love the the variant in the season. I think, like, how do we keep that quietness or that that inner life going when it's not just you know eight weeks without having to go into the office?
0: Yeah. Well, and that's such a natural segue to our next topic, which of course is the subject of the pencil. The pencil. The pencil. Okay. So look, look. Next year, I'm going to be teaching literature. I'm going to be. You're going to be my boss. I am. I am
1: officially his boss.
0: Um, and so I am going to. I am going to become what, what the English department is. And so, and so I was like, I've been thinking about it. I've been looking. I've been looking over the fence. And, uh, and I'm like, okay, the English department, they have these physical books. So they, they, they ever just opens their books, these physical books. No they ebooks. No e-books, paper books. And, uh, and then the English teachers, you and the, the one and only Jordan Dobbins, um, you, you have notebooks. Mm-hmm. And I see every day you're writing in them. You're mm-hmm. writing, you're writing. And I'm like, what? what is this? What is this world? And and I know what it is. I know it's it's something that's called the analog revolution. <laughs> and it started small. TM. It started small. Um, but I'm like, so I like start looking at the fence. And I'm like, and then my wife's going to roll her eyes at this. But then I'm like, okay, I need to get a notebook. But I need to like do research. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm that guy. I need to read what kind of notebook. And then I'm like, what kind of pen? You know? <laughs> Okay, so that leads me down a rabbit trail. And I find this guy from Northern Ireland named Mm -hmm. TJ something or other with a great voice and great accent. And he has this video series that's no longer uh, being produced but still exists on YouTube called Wood and Graphite. And I stumble into this world, and I'm not kidding to you, it is a world of people who are not just into sort of writing and writing on paper as a way to slow down. Mm-hmm. But but in my corner of that world that I tumbled into um, is a world of people writing in pencil. In yes, pencil. pencil.
1: On a toothy paper.
0: Oh, toothy. Oh, you're in that world too. <laughs> okay. So like I was like, okay, if I'm going to be trying to tell my students they need to come into this like – we don't have iPads in the classroom. We're not doing digital things for. We're just gonna slow it down. We always think like, oh, what's best for our students, and it's like, well, that's clearly best for me as well. So right, yes. So yes. thinking about like this year-round thing, right, and just doing a little thing where like I just shifted the last couple of weeks to like you know paper notebook and like pencil for me, pencil, um, uh, the Blackwing six hundred two. If you're taking notes at home, so mm-hmm. the Blackwing mm-hmm. six hundred two. Steinbeck Nabokov, and Nabokov and others, of course, write the great novels with it, so we can pretend that we're great writers someday. Um, but here's what I do: I, I've done it for everything. I've done it for my sermon prep. I've done wow. it for lesson plan. I've been like when I go all in to try something, I am like, I go all in. And so, like, I'm outside. I leave my phone inside. I did the last couple of days. The kids are jumping around, playing in the play, in, playing in the yard, and I got a little notebook and a pencil
1: okay. and
0: no phone. And I'm, I'm, I'm still out there. I'm still thinking thoughts, still writing, whatever. Um, but it slows everything down. Yeah. Um, I have, like, a perfectionism in me. So I, like, I always, like, start notebooks and can't finish them. Because I'm like, oh, they're not perfect. I messed up. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so there's something, something about it. Depends on. I'm like, I could erase. But I'm also, like, learning to let that go, too. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. just be a person. Um, but, okay, little thing. But I, I, I'm, I've been loving this. I've been loving slowing down, physical, just paper, physical writing object, um, and 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 to be able to do the things I would normally do by just jumping on the computer real quick right. or by some digital device. Um, and say, okay, can we can we do little thing I mean it's a tiny thing, who cares, baby? but can we do little things in our lives to like to slow things down mm-hmm. to a pace that might be better for thinking, yeah. for just yeah. being present. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you're the digital minimalist here. You're you and you and Mister Elmar are it's, like it's, you are the pros.
1: It's aspirational. He's better than I am, so he's uh, his goal is to. Well, I won't I won't put his numbers out there, but let's just say he wants to reduce his screen time to a certain number, and I'm trying to shoot for an hour above. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um, but there is a certain threshold that's really hard to break. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, even we have a coworker who has his students do their rough drafts by hand, which blew my mind the first time he told me. Isn't that awesome? And I mentioned it to my students. I said, you know, Mr. Dobbins has his kids do the rough draft by hand. And I had two or three kids go, oh, can I do that?
0: Whoa.
1: And they did. They did. Um, they were like thrilled at the idea. Um, it was just a, a, something about it was incredibly appealing And I do think there is, there is something to um, the digital page. You can say a lot of, you can write a ton really quickly, right? That's sort of nonsense. But if you have to do the physical labor um, and, you know, and there is a resource, which is a pen or pencil and you have to like, I don't know, and there's the resource of paper. I do, do think it gives you pause of like, let me pause before I put a word down that I love like just sort of a a hesitation Mm -hmm. um which I think is why letters to the editor like physical letters to the editor probably were never as nasty as like internet comments right because it's like well what am I gonna Mm. buy a stamp (laughs) so yeah so I think there is something there's something to it that I think calls to us and I mean you had this experience I remember you saying um golly a year or two ago that you were teaching a college course and you told the kids get a notebook Well, I'm not, you're not going to do assignments uh, digitally. And they were delighted, right?
0: They were. Yeah, I was teaching this class at UCI. It was like 17th century poetry. And I was like, you're going to buy these books and you're going to do all your work in a physical notebook. And this is during like the height of the Rona. So we Mm -hmm. were Zooming classes, right? And I was like, my goal is to get you outside, like in a field, reading and writing as as what you're required to do because we're all locked down and we're all whatever. So it was like, especially because of the screen time during like that Rona moment, especially I was like, we're just going to go in the other direction just as a, just as a little thing of health, you know, just to like get ourselves out. And they loved it. Brilliant. You know, like students who could probably write and type, I mean, uh, you know, a million miles an hour. Um, but You know it became like an artifact they they like i could see it on our like zoom screen thing you know they would like hold it up they'd be reading from it Hmm. and it was just amazing just seeing how like they it gave them the ability to be free from any device and anything um and continue to be able to do what they needed to do as a student Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. because i think that's what's like i I give my students a lot of good ideas and then like i tether them to a lot of things that they have to do in order to actually deliver that or you know it just Mm -hmm. kind of works sometimes against that um but i and i don't i don't know if this is like fair but like the like the stones in the old testament they're actual stones right, <laughs> right? like there's something about the physicality of marking mm-hmm. the earth this is where the lord met us there is something about that you and i both know like we have a, a google drive with thousands of things and it's oh. hard to remember what is even there, even though it's wonderful and it's and yeah. it's things helpful. I spent hours on, I Huge forget. resources from all over the, the school and wonderful people have done all these things. But like the mind doesn't know where to locate it. Doesn't I, My mind doesn't know even how to remember the things I've done the last few years of where I've saved them. Or like I'll find like, oh, I already did that. Like I'll start mm-hmm. writing something for a class and be like, I've literally already done this once or twice. but. It doesn't have a location in my mind. I don't have a physical way of even seeing a page or anything like that.
1: One of my literal professional goals, like we had to write our professional goals for the upcoming year, one of my literal goals is to print things out and put it in a binder like it's 1999.
0: Trapper keeper, (laughs) Lisa Frank.
1: But I said, I'm going to organize my Google Drive, Lord help me, and then I'm going to print out the things I want to use to teach because I've discovered just that. I discovered like I would find lesson plans and go, darn it, that was a good lesson plan. And I forgot it existed (laughs) and I created something new or did something less good. Um, And so I yeah, so that's I just there's a there's a sanity to it um, that I am really excited about. So that's one of my summer goals, actually, is I'm going to get a fancy binder and uh, print out unit by unit, which when I started teaching, um, the teacher before me handed me notebooks of stuff and said, here. Um, and then since then, everything's just been on Google Drive, but I'm yearning for a simpler time. Mm. So I'm going to go back to it. And I think it will make me feel very put together at the, at the least. Yeah.
0: So. Well, and it's cool because like even just the idea of the binder, right? Like it can't hold everything. And no. so it also can be like, this is too much or I uh-huh, have too uh-huh. many things. I need to have it be, you know, manageable and it, it like physically will look not manageable if, if it's yeah, like overstuffed uh-huh. or if it looks crazy or if it's yeah. it's ridiculous, and even that is kind of nice to have some kind of reality to the amount of something or mm-hmm. right like uh, and then will one instead of two of these.
1: Yeah, I'll make progress like as I go through the year. I'll like know, hey, we're like halfway through the binder,
0: <laughs> and so there'll be a,
1: there'll be a sense of Market. time to it. Yeah, I think also something I'm thinking about, and this is. A terrible paraphrase of my husband who has been researching, oh, I don't even know how to describe it. But he's been doing uh, research and studying just the way that technology is, technology is not just a tool, but it has like an entity in and of itself, right? Mm -hmm. So the the idea of like the the medium is the message. So uh, when I use Google Drive, it, it actually shapes me. It's not just a neutral tool that has no agency on it on its own. Like Google actually shapes how I think and how mm-hmm. I process and how my brain works, right. Um, and that comes with everything. but I think there is I, I think I have more agency and it becomes more of a tool when it is just a nice notebook, um, rather than it being the notes app on my phone. Like I, there's it is a, a more individual, a more inner, uh, process, then I don't have to involve any third party or any cookies or any data.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And, uh, yeah. So there's, there's a part of that too that I'm, in, I'm intrigued by. Um, and yeah, not, we're not getting deep into like any conspiracy or something, but it's like, I, these, the way I use these digital tools shapes how I think about information. Right. Um, even in when it's my own information. So taking a step back from that of like, yeah, resources are not endless my mind is not you know my I have times where I need to slow down or turn off um and I think yeah as you're talking about these analog habits can remind Mm -hmm. us of the reality of our humanness um and that we are we're not computers you are not a machine
0: you're not a machine and they you know there's some really interesting articles about you know the the huge fail of the metaphor of the archive for the memory and how like how for decades, like the metaphors we used for how our minds work um, were totally misleading but totally shaped so many things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's a file system, and right? Like we computerized ourselves. We made mm-hmm. ourselves, you know, metaphorically into thinking about how we work as though we were machines. And, you know, the, the effect going in either direction that that has is I think kind of extraordinary. I just love the limitation, you know, mm-hmm. being able to, always do more is one of the sort of terrors of the modern you know age or the contemporary moment and and so to just be like you know what i can't read everything i can't know everything Mm -hmm. i can't keep up with everything i can't produce everything um and maybe good lord maybe the lord doesn't want me to like maybe i'm not called to maybe i'm Mm -hmm. not made to maybe i'm not made right. to process that much information or that many devastating news headlines at once. i mean like truly like mm-hmm. the impact on the soul of just scrolling through news feeds is mm-hmm. overwhelming and and not what we were i think made to be able to hold mm-hmm. uh, or to hold well and so it's it's making us anxious and 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 riddled with all sorts of issues as we well know
1: but even but even so to to do the counter argument a little bit mm-hmm. Um, there's this profound scene in Marilyn Robinson's Gilead, which we would recommend 10 out of 10 stars. Um, but it's an elderly pastor who is coming to the end of his life and he is looking at the boxes and boxes of like 40 years of sermons, and he's like, "I think I'm going to tell my wife to get rid of them. Like, don't hold on to them." <laughs> so even, even even with the, you know, there's not some golden age of paper where everything was better. Right. Like still then it was sort of like, what do I do with all these files? Yeah. But but there is there is a humanness to them that we're a little bit more removed from, I think.
0: Yeah, well, and in that case, right, the physicality can tell you, hey, maybe you have too much. <laughs> Whereas you and I like That's I, true. I've literally rewritten the same thing several times, not realizing it was already saved somewhere, you know, in the atmosphere. Yeah. Um, so I. Yeah, you're right. The the problems have always been with us, but they were at least a little more physical or, or visible in that sense. Right? Mm-hmm. Like you'd be like, oh shoot, I'm hoarding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, look at all this junk. But like, you know, you could have a like a manic, you know, checks, you know, fifty thousand websites every couple hours, you know, and and it's not visible. You know, you're, Nobody it doesn't know. look like anything. It just, yeah, you could be staring at one article, who knows what's going on there. So I, I almost need, I, I think I need a shorter leash, you know, I just need, mm-hmm. I just need like, you know, freedom comes through limitations. You know, I need, a, hmm. I need more limits. Like I'm, I'm more interested in whoever I am now that I am married and have children. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. I, I'm not, that, that to me is, is, is what life is about is the right kind of limits. And being able to like see, oh shoot, like I clearly need to make an adjustment here. This is <laughs> this is obviously uh, a little disproportionate or something. I think it helps me to be able to 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 track it maybe that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So okay, now you and I. So we want to have we want to have a little more analogy kind of habits. Yep. Again, we're not in the Elmar Hashmov school of like you know true maybe digital minimalism yet. Um, but but it is still connected to this theme about, like, I think as I'm getting older, um, I want to be up to less things. And I want yes. those to be the more meaningful things. And so I want to be able, I tell my students this all the time, like, one of the marks of maturity is being able to say no to good things, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, the, the juvenile moment is like, is this good or bad, right? But maturity is like, there's a lot of good things. But are those the things I'm called to? Are those the things that you know that, mm-hmm. that I really need to? Um, Bishop Scarlet
1: always says, uh, "You if you can't say no, it's not a true yes."
0: Ooh, like if that?
1: if you're feeling forced into it. I think he says it more poetically. I'll see if it comes to me. But yeah, the only the only real yes you can give is if you if you're able to say no, oh. um, and and it's a it's a very true idea. Of, of often we, we will over-function or feel like we have to do something and so we say yes. But in reality, um, yeah, th- th- being able to say no no to good things for the sake of other good things is uh, really beautiful.
0: Yeah. And I think at certain point you start to say, I'm this person and mm-hmm. I'm not every person. Yeah. Right? Like you and I are different and so like maybe you would say yes to something I would say no to. Right? Like you start to learn a little bit more i mean the scriptures are clear that we're our identity is hidden in christ but as you walk with christ more you know he sort of a little bit at a time sort of kind of shows you a little bit more of who you are like that is also part of the progress toward the celestial city is like kind of becoming who you're you're meant to be or who you truly are and i think as you as you see that like there's something really rich about saying you know i'm not that's, that's mm-hmm. not something I can do. And I don't need, I don't need to be the person who does that. I, you right.
1: Know? And you're able to identify, give the gifts in other people of like, yes. oh, you know, that's not me, but this person here is great at it
0: yeah collaboration becomes yeah. something that opens up and becomes so much more interesting when you're young I remember being like you know a teenager I'm like okay I need to be able to do this sport thing I need to be really smart I need to learn how to play guitar so the girls will like that you know you're like I need to be able to mm-hmm. and then there's something wonderfully liberating to be like I'm horrible at music and other people are wonderful and I'm gonna cheer them on I'm gonna let um, it go <laughs> I'm gonna let it go I'm to focus on a couple of things that maybe I'm you know more connected to or or more inclined toward, or whatever. Like, there's something kind of wonderful about that of not feeling, there's no FOMO. There's yeah. like, I don't, I, I feel that in an extreme way with so many things that I can celebrate in my friends. And it's like, mm-hmm. I celebrate them more because I'm like, mm-hmm. oh man, like, I, I couldn't bring anything like that to the table. And it's mm-hmm. so, it's such a good thing to bring to the table. Yeah. And I'm so thankful you're bringing that to the table. And I just feel like I, it just, you're able to really see people, like you're saying, see mm-hmm. them better. Yeah. Uh, appreciate them more. Um, so I do think all these things are kind of connected. And I, I hope people will be able to hear some of those threads. Uh, this is a conversation we've been having off and on for, for a few years now. Um, when it comes to summer, uh, mm-hmm. we do have this weird time thing. Yeah. where we just, have, we just have a little bit of a different thing. You know, summer with kids is different. So sometimes I actually get much more busy um in that yeah, sense because, i'm sure because i'm home more and so there's less downtime i don't have a commute so i'm i'm living that life my wife is always trying to manage um and i'm trying i'm actually experiencing it you know full force and so you know summer is its own thing but it does give us one of those markers like like easter or christmas it, it sh- there should be markers in life mm-hmm. um to kind of or even like spring cleaning to just be a little you yeah. know, sillier or even like I don't know, New Year's resolutions or whatever. Right. It doesn't have to be like, oh, this is liturgical, like in this really meta or hugely profound way. It can still be like it's a nudge. Mm-hmm. It's a nudge to say, huh, what, what would I like to read or what would I like to do or what would I want to listen to or where should we go camping, mm-hmm. you know, now that we have a moment to just sort of think about it more. Um, so maybe tipping toward that uh, as we are heading into summer, what are the kind of things that you're like, hmm, okay, so the summer nudge is here. Uh, Mm -hmm. what, what kind of things do you, do you have plans already for the summer? Is it already kind of filled up or how are you approaching summer?
1: In the past week, the summer has plans have started developing. Um, I think for me, the big focuses are going to be, um, some socializing, um, but in, within the realm of cooking, I, I, I love to cook, and this past semester especially, I've fallen off the wagon. So I am just really excited to cook some meals and have people over, like the slow hang out for a while and let's chat uh, dinner. I'm ex- I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and yeah, I miss cooking, I miss trying out the recipes, miss the healthy component that comes with that. <laughs> so that's a that's something I'm I'm really looking forward to. And um, as one of my friends says, she says, like, ooh, fun lore is coming back because I'm, like, on a Tuesday, <laughs> I'm inviting people over. So um, that's a big thing. I'm looking forward to a season of studying as well. I am trying to learn Russian. Wow. And uh, as hard as I try... I don't spend much time on it during the week. Uh, I have in once a week, my lesson, and I, I try to study in between, but to learn a language, you got to be studying it every day. So hoping to really double down on that. I can make a lot of progress in the summer, want to learn more about the ancient world. So I've got like a few things I want to study and do, um, excited to just spend more time with people at church and commit to that to not to on Sunday afternoons to feel like, yeah, let's hang instead of I got to go, I got to get back, I got to get ready for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um so those are things I'm really excited about um
0: when it comes to cooking is this something that you've done years and years and years it's always been something you love yeah
1: I've enjoyed cooking for a long time I think especially in the past three or four years I think um I sort of got some confidence one of my best friends Sarah was is always felt really confident and creative in the kitchen and so she would invite me over to cook and you kind of you see somebody else doing it it's like, oh, I can do that, you know. I um, I forget what I was reading recently, um, but she was, oh, I think it maybe was an Ann Patchett essay, um, and she was, people were saying, Oh wow, I wish I could cook, I could never cook. And she said, Can you read? <laughs> because you just have to read the recipe and do it, and so that was sort of a wake up moment for me, too, of like, Oh yeah, I can just read the recipe. Uh, I can cook so yeah that's been a delightful thing the past few years especially so you go to the farmer's market you get the stuff you you plan some meals out I love it I love I love that so bon appetit guys you just this is my advice if you want to be a cook and you you don't know how to start pick a person or a website and just do whatever they do so I've got a couple chef newsletters I follow and they'll send me a recipe and I just like if they say it's good it's good or bon appetit like everything I cook is basically from Bon Appétit, so I just do what they say, um, and that because for me I get paralyzed by choice. Yeah. So if I have too many choices, I won't ever do it. So it's like, what's the what's the menu option on Bon Appétit today? Cool, that's what it is. So
0: is it for you always a communal thing, or is it something that's a little bit of both? Sometimes you have a little bit of both. You, yeah, a
1: yeah. little bit of both.
0: Do you think? I mean, so first of all, I love that people cook. <laughs> Because that's one of those things <laughs> that I don't feel compelled by, drawn to. Really, but the fruit of it—I mean, <laughs> the results are yeah. amazing. Um, but I see—I see what you're saying. I mean, even as mm-hmm. you're saying, I'm like, oh, I don't have an excuse. Um, yeah. But it is like, it, and well, not to push this too hard, but it's also—it's analog. Like you have to go get yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. Like it's not all just done. My um, perfect,
1: my perfect Saturday morning, David, yes, is this. I go to the farmers market, and then I come home, and you put on NPR's Saturday morning programming is the best, <laughs> and you just like you just sit there chopping tomatoes, making a little lunch, making some food. That's the best Saturday. That's the best. Saturday. Or yeah, so my favorite way to cook is either yeah, so it's not completely analog because I'll put in an audio book oh, well, or a podcast, <laughs> or sometimes maybe maybe you prop up a a TV show's going in the background, but it's just sort of like a to. I think so much of what we do is verbal, and is, is uh, so to, to do something with my hands yeah. is immensely satisfying. Because yeah. so much of what I do is just like thinking through and staring at a screen and speaking. Yeah. So to do something else is a thrill.
0: Yeah, well, and that physicality, yeah, that is what that is, and it does it slows you down. It's like, well, this isn't, you know, this isn't efficient. This isn't like all those weird questions that come up in life all the time. Mm -hmm. When I tried to propose to my students like that we'll, you know, never use devices again, or that they, you know, should try to not use whatever, they were just like, but then we can't keep up. You know, we can't keep up. Right. Keep up, and I was like, with with what? Why? Like, Mm -hmm. who cares? Um, but asking those questions about time, I'm like what you said about Sunday with the church thing, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like Lisa and I saw it, I don't know how many years ago, uh, we were on an Andy Griffith show marathon and, and, you know, on Sundays in Mayberry, Laura, um, you know, after church, you, you just, you go back home and you sit on the porch with Barney and, you know, and, and you talk for a little while, and then maybe you get the guitar out and you play a little bit here and he'll be like, what are you? Shell and you, peas. You guys? It's true though. And yeah. And, and wh- nothing's open, right? It's Sunday. Right. So nothing's open. Um, and so Sundays are just for resting. Sundays are just for being with people, uh, for meals, for those kinds of things. And I remember, this is years ago now when we were living on campus at UCI, I remember watching that and I remember being like, that's it. Like that, that's all I would, want Sundays to be. Like, you know, and, and, Lisa and I have this weird experience where because of COVID and losing our building and all these things with the church, like Sundays are getting closer and closer to actually being that Hmm. um, in, in our little world than I ever could have like, I don't know, made or happen or like brought about myself or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I knew, I knew it just even the, just that, that show that I saw something that was just beautiful. And then like, as we experienced little bits of it, it's like I recognized Oh, that's that was that's that thing that looks so nice when they're yeah. just sitting on the porch because it's Sunday and there isn't something else they need to do, right? And and so they don't, like you said, the way our minds are are wired differently by our practices or by what we engage with. It's like so they're not thinking they're missing anything mm-hmm. because. That's just Sunday, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just time, and he'll, he'll always be like, "Well, what are you going to do, Barn?" You know, and Barn will be like, "Well, you know, maybe I'll go down and see Thelma Lou," you know, and maybe we'll watch a program, you know. But it's always like, yeah oh, maybe." I mean, it's like there's no rush. It's right. like, "Oh my gosh, shouldn't you be texting her?" Like, is she gonna we make a time. plan? Like, yeah. it's like <laughs> It just sounded like the best thing in the world, and and there's been moments now where our Sundays are like this strange kind of slow space with people that just feels a little bit sweeter a little bit better it's uh, lovely yeah that vibe man I'm, I'm telling you that's strong i don't know if that's just like we're getting old um or, or, or what's i know i was listening
1: to you talking about mayberry and i'm like <laughs> are we just totally out of touch i have the I have the listeners are like okay <laughs> <laughs> not we're not way. those i mean we are those people but we're not those people we don't want it to be you know we're not trying to turn back the clock we're trying to be in 2022 acknowledging the complexities and realities of today but opting for a different way within that you know we're not looking to turn turn it back to the 50s no but we do we do want to i don't know how would you describe it we want to we want to just yeah offer offer a non-anxious presence
0: yeah that's the word well and it's like recover a good thing that we didn't we don't get anymore i mean honestly it's like i'm like i'm just being a little selfish i'm like I saw that. I was like, what? Like, yeah, th- I want that. Like that's not, That's yeah. So it was like, it's something disappeared <laughs> that looked beautiful. And yeah. I'm like, I want that in my life somehow. Um, so yeah, it's like, it's like learning that there are goods mm-hmm. that people have experienced, you know, over the time, um, that maybe have been like sort of just hustled off stage and, mm-hmm. and, you know, each generation maybe losing that memory of even that that was ever a thing. Like, you mm. know, my students probably wouldn't even know or believe that things were closed on Sunday. You know, that right. just as a thing like that, is that even possible in society? Like that's not even a thought we could have. So I think it's more just that, it's like recovery, right? Um, like yes. Yeah. Jacob's stuff, right? The repair, you know, some mm-hmm. kind of repairing something that may not have needed to be broken Um, wasn't all whatever but Mm. uh, is worth actually um, rebuilding a little bit of Um, and yeah not in some hyper sentimental whatever kind of way
1: recommendation for if you haven't read it or you haven't read it recently Fahrenheit 451 is one of my all-time favorites every time I read it I think this is a great book and there's these scenes in the beginning with Clarice who's sort of this oddball quirky teenage girl and the main character guy and Uh, guy is like what does your family do at night and she's like we sit around the table and we talk and he's like what do you talk about and she just laughs at him and and there's this scene of him where he says he wants to like press himself up against the walls of their house and be like let me in like what are you talking about what's going on because he and his wife never speak they just watch tv every night so he sees these people sitting around a table and and he's like what what could you have to say because he has no memory the memory's gone or Clarice will always say things like uh She's the one who says, I heard firemen used to put out fires and she or she says, I heard that um teenagers didn't used to kill each other. Hmm. I heard and it's just every time she says it, you're gets a stab in the heart to us and as a modern reader. But it's like, Oh right, if you she's the keeper of that memory. Um and when you lose it, it becomes it seems absurd. It seems like an impossibility, but it's not, it's possible.
0: It is. And and to be able to say like this this was a thing that happened, this can be a thing that happened again. It, it is back to that idea of like, the Lord met us here in a good place before, and He can meet us again, right? He's, yeah. he's Like the things that are good in life are are still good, right? Like there's <laughs> uh-huh. not that much. There's that, a
1: people. There's a reason people have been doing it for millennia.
0: And we're not reinventing. I mean, we 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 tend to reinvent you know all the wheels every generation, and it's like there's just not a need to a lot of it's mm-hmm. because we've forgotten yeah what was good um mm-hmm. yeah okay well then let's let's tip toward our our sort of summer reading uh now that we're talking about fahrenheit 451 <laughs> by ray bradbury if you haven't read it uh, yeah what a phenomenal thing to read this summer um what are you reading what are you reading right now or what do you what are you kind of what are your goals what are your, are um. your reading vibes right now.
1: Right now I'm reading the the new collection of Anne Patchett essays called uh, These Precious Days and so far it's just delightful. Oh my goodness she's just yeah they're just lovely really accessible small little essays about the beauty of life and there's all kinds of nuggets that I'm thinking about. Um, so I've actually never read her novels I've only ever read her essays so I want to I'd love to get into one of her novels as well. Um, I purchased a number of Oxford, very short introductions to. So, very short introductions to uh, the classics, to the Roman Empire. Let's go. Um, so, a couple of gaps in my own learning that I want to fill in, because um, I've got broad strokes, but some more specifics. Um, where potentially Book Club might be doing Dostoevsky TBD. Okay. Um, But I've never read any Dostoevsky. Nice. So that would be a gap for me to fill, most definitely. Um, And then I I just purchased a book on Socratic seminars. And uh, I actually have a number of novels people have given me that I haven't read yet. So um, I have the new uh, Emily St. John Mandel book, Sea of Tranquility. She wrote Station Eleven, which is one of my favorites. And so this new book came out this year, and I haven't read it yet. Uh, Also the new Amor Tolls book. Um, the Lincoln called? Highway. Okay. So that's also on my to-read list. Uh, so tried and true authors, really, yeah. that that I want to get into um, that are some of, some of those, filling in some gaps, potentially. So we shall see what happens.
0: I love that. Well, and I, yeah, it, it strikes me, even as we're thinking about summer reading, um, I'm like, man, I got the same list that we had last time, you know? I know. Yeah, it's true. Because <laughs> it's like, once life gets going, you... but um, my sort of little, not big career change, but like my just shift to uh, the literature side of things again, um, means I'm going to be sort of reading toward that. Um, so I'll be spending the summer with Dante for sure. Great um, times. And I love that because the things I've read for pleasure, there's things I've read for a class, but uh, reading them to teach them, as you know, it's like, mm-hmm. man, you you gotta kinda get stuck in. You gotta gotta really kinda take it on board in a different way. But it also means that like I don't know, there's something exciting about that. Be like, oh gosh, they're not you know, gonna be turning here to ask those questions. They might they're gonna actually turn to me and and mm-hmm. and, and also mm-hmm. just sort of the I don't know, the humility of coming before like a great author and being like, Man, I I barely know, you know, like I can remember seeing uh, this famous Dante statue in, um, in Venice. I can remember walking through this, like, you know, piazza and like coming upon the statue and it's like this, uh, I should know who sculpted it. I'm sorry, but it's this famous statue. It's like the most intimidating looking thing in the world like Mm -hmm. I don't know what people think of writers usually think of writers sort of like you know little meek round-shouldered people you know who like shuffle off into corners and Mm -hmm. sip tea but Dante is terrifying looking and he looks he looks like he's mad and he looks he looks intense he's
1: got things to say
0: he's got things to say and I always just like I remember standing before that statue literally looking up 15 feet in the air and just be like oh my jeepers like this is wild and so I feel like this summer I'm kind of kind of walking back up to that statue and being like dude I I'm not even gonna pretend like but i'm gonna I'm right. just gonna start to you know just spend a little time in your world and and learn to to just enjoy it, but from a real place of like humility, I've never written on dante um I've only taught in like I don't know a couple cantos here and there of the inferno at u c i years and years ago, and so I feel like, man, what a fun thing to come up um under a giant, you know, and just sort Mm -hmm. of like start exploring that world a little bit more.
1: Yeah. And man, I don't know, this will be my seventh year teaching ancient literature. So this is my my sixth year teaching ancient, lit, just finished. And uh, there is a sense with these old books, it's cliche, but it's true where I'm like, Ooh, I feel like I'm just getting it. I feel like I'm just starting to get good at teaching the Odyssey. I feel like I'm, (laughs) like, this is the first time I read the Aeneid and was like, oh, I I could explain this. I think I can. Yeah. (laughs) Which is crazy. My students can't understand that um, when I tell them Mm. it, but there's an excitement at revisiting them again, um, and and there's something new every time, or you find a a new companion commentary on it, um, and it illuminates something that you didn't know was there before, so... (sighs) Yeah. But
0: that's our theme, right? Like yeah. going to good places and just going further in.
1: People have been thinking and writing and talking about these things for a long time. People have had habits of mind and habits of life. And we're we're just these knuckleheads who are like, maybe I've got something new to say or <laughs> new to do.
0: <laughs>
1: and uh, not the case.
0: That. I love that so much. And because even when we were talking about summer reading, I was like, oh, shoot, I'm going to have to, you know i i don't know anything like new and stuff like this and and i didn't even feel that compelled this year to like or this summer i don't feel that compelled to read almost anything new yeah but i have felt like i want i need to go back to places that i've only hung out a little bit like the Dante place um other places like i've mentioned patrick lee firmer um, yeah a time of gifts and i'm i'm i think i'm rereading i'm not even sure if i ever read it all the way through though so i might be reading hmm. for the first time the second book in that it's a trilogy of his journey from uh, london to constantinople between the wars and i mentioned this before but he's just one of the best prose stylists in like 20th century english hmm. period He's just such a beautiful writer and it's travel writing and so it's just like there might not be some artificially really compelling plot except the fact that this guy is moving through all these incredible places and meeting unique and strange people um but the book i'm in right now is between the woods and the world Hmm. um and so it's just like it's just delightful it's like being inside i even think they use this for the cover of a time i guess it's like being inside a a Peter Bruegel the elder painting you know like the like like Fleet Foxes covers or something like that right you'd get these like or like Hunters in the Snow I think even part (laughs) of that is used as a cover and so it's like that's what it's like it's like you're walking through those paintings Mm -hmm. um, with this guy as he literally travels on foot like the most inefficient slow way of doing anything um, to like Constantinople I mean it just sounds like this magical
1: thing I love travel writing in the summer it's incredible it's so good
0: so I'm like going back to th- just a handful of things. Another thing I will say, my wife has been watching um, Anne of Green Gables, uh, <gasps> the classic, <gasps> Megan Follows, mm-hmm. uh, the miniseries from the 80s yeah. into the maybe early 90s. Anne of Green Gables, Anne of Avonlea, and I have come home, and you know it's a stressful time as teachers, and she's getting all this incredible art project. It's just an overwhelming amount of stuff to do. And yet, in the background, I can hear Anne and Diana. Like,
1: oh, and I'm so just like, good.
0: this is the best world. This is the yeah. best thing in the world. Um, yep. I've been telling almost every freshman student who walks past, or whose yearbook I sign, that yep. they need to watch I this, saw that. this this series, read these books. Like, I never even read the books. So my wife's reading oh, the books to the so kids wonderful. right now. And I'm just like, I, but I grew up, two older sisters was probably why it first got in the house. But I grew up on Anne of Green Gables, Anne of Avonlea. And when that was on again, it was like, this is the stuff that I care Mm -hmm. about. This is the stuff that's beautiful. I want more of those things, you know, in my life.
1: We're going to open up a GoFundMe for his (laughs) uh, Prince Edward Island (laughs) bucket list trip.
0: Nova Scotia. I mean, you talk about the most beautiful.
1: That's a place of my ancestors.
0: That's your people.
1: Had my grandpa in Nova Scotia.
0: Oh, my gosh. Okay. The pod goes on the road. Oh. Road pod. What?
1: If we, okay, if anybody's listening and wants
0: to sponsor. Oh, are there, are there patrons still, like, wealthy benefactors looking for people to They're sponsor? They're
1: like, I want somebody to revisit <laughs> Anne of
0: Green Gables. Oh, my gosh. We'll do the walk. Oh, man, I did that in Dublin for Bloomsday with Ulysses. We could certainly do it. With,
1: oh, yeah. We should start a holiday. <sighs>
0: That would be so cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, was it Lucy Maud Montgomery mm-hmm, writes mm-hmm. the books, and Lisa's reading them right now. I, I know they must be as or more delightful even than the miniseries I'm talking about. But that yeah. miniseries is wonderful. Like, yep, that that is some of the best stuff. And I remember she's like English, you know, it's like our little world, right? Mm-hmm. It's like she becomes a teacher, and she's just yeah. like talking. And you watch her grow. <laughs> so That's cool. the thing
1: too. Is I'm trying. to I don't remember how many of the books I read probably four or five of them. Um, Love those. I think when I was like 13 or 14, that was, I went through a season. I remember reading them distinctly um, because they weren't stressful because they were peaceful. Hmm. Um, and so my, my little teenage self, it was very calming and pleasing, but yeah, but cause you watch her grow from, she starts at like 11 and then I think, you know, the final book, she's like 20 so um, cool. or something. So yeah, they're delightful. So don't need to, yeah. You don't need to reinvent the wheel with your reading list.
0: Yeah, you really don't. Yeah, like um, Lisa and some of the ladies at our church, their their women's studies turned into sort of a book club for the summer, and I think they're reading uh, Little Women. I think they're just going to oh, go back to lovely. the go back to the good stuff. I think that's. I don't know. I guess that's our vibe right now. I guess so. <laughs> I as, I'm, as I'm as I'm thinking over
1: our conversation.
0: <laughs> Oh wow. man, the memory and <laughs> going back and laying stones and writing in pencil. Um, okay, so if if we were to recommend, let's let's close it out yeah. maybe this way. Um, we we've mentioned some books, some new ones, which is really cool, and then some old ones that we want to go back to. Um, if you were to like encourage people who don't have a normal summer, but for whom culturally, you know, summer is still a nudge because it is yeah. summer, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you say? Maybe – how would you encourage people I to sort of
1: – Develop some rhythms that make the seasons stand out, right? So um, I think that could be a number of things. I think it could be sort of a – every Saturday morning we're going to do this or um, every Friday night we bring out the barbecue and we grill or – Um, or make some, put some things on the calendar now that are like, we're going to go make s'mores at the beach on June 24th. You know, like just put it in the calendar and you, because we all look forward to summer no matter who we are. And then summer ends and we think, oh, I missed it. It was just, so I think that intentionality of like, to me, um, summer means X, Y, and Z, and I'm going to make sure I do those things. Also, I'm a big advocate for like eating seasonally. So like get those tomatoes. Those strawberries are great. Like all of that is happening right now. Um, And so that will also, so it doesn't have to be, if you have to continue working, I'm so sorry. Um, I recommend you join education. (laughs) Um, But if that's not what is in store for you, then yeah, establish some rhythms that are really exciting for you, whether or not that's, you could buy a little popsicle mold Uh, At Target and make your own popsicles, like things that'll that'll bring you that joy, of like, ooh, this season is different, Um, in the same way you would at Christmas, right? Like, you're not lighting a pumpkin spice candle any other time. Well, most people aren't, but like, so what are those summer things that would be the uh, the equivalent for you?
0: Yeah, I love that, and you know, our our hope, you know, Lord willing and the creek don't rise is uh, at least at the tail end of summer um we'll we'll be we'll be uh jumping back in the studio um working on some cool things you and i've already started to chat about for season four um, I will say for our handful, I don't, I honestly, I don't, you know, I've, I haven't checked the Google analytics in over two years now. So I honestly have no idea who listens except the people right. who text me. <laughs> but uh, if anybody wants to reach out um, to from Babylon with love at gmail.com and is like, Hey, been listening and would love it if you guys maybe tackle this or yeah. we're interested in these topics or, you know, mm-hmm. if, if there's a suggestion or something, people we want to fund here, a trip. Or Nova Scotia. if you want a fun pod on the road, road pod, uh, going to Nova Scotia, we are happy to hear from our, our listeners and, and to, to riff off of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is definitely, genuinely an open invitation. I love just hearing people chat about what they've enjoyed and, uh, and what they, they would love to hear a little bit more of. Um, yeah. so, so those things we're going to be, we're going to be kind of cooking on some things. We'll be meeting up a couple times to just, to put a little game plan together. Mm-hmm. We are still committed to the pod. I do thank everyone for just being understanding about life and all the things. And, um, but this is, this is, this is a good thing. And this is something that we do enjoy and we want to be able to, uh, invest in, in a proportionate way and, and, and keep having good conversations about interesting stuff. And I'm thankful there are people who want to listen to that yeah amen Um, so Laura I guess this is it is there any do we have a slogan we don't have a slogan we're just like it's summer yeah remember well (laughs) remember remember well that's it yeah lay an Ebenezer stone
1: hashtag remember well
0: 2022 (laughs) (laughs) hashtag remember well thank you my friends Uh, season 3 is in the books uh, because of all you faithful listeners uh, and we will see you on the other side of summer bye everyone that's our time my friends if you would like to support the podcast please do subscribe and rate us on itunes and if you would like even more content and to become a patron of the podcast head on over to from click on newsletter and sign up there until then, many thanks to producer Zach Leach for all the twists and turns, and to Lonesome and Muddy, the only house band that'll survive the apocalypse. This has been From Babylon with